Have you ever wondered how your grain marketing strategies stack up against your peers? This summer, Ag Yield and Indigo are partnering to bring you a free simulation contest to test your skills. During this 18-day contest, you'll have the chance to trial Ag Yield's state-of-the-art simulator to help you learn new ways to minimize risk and make more informed grain marketing decisions. Even more exciting, we'll be awarding cash prizes to our top winners at the end of the contest. Enrollment ends on July 31st, so don't miss your opportunity to challenge your family, friends, and neighbors in a friendly competition. Call 833-656-0802 and enroll today. Hey everybody, welcome to the Grain Waves Podcast. I'm Rodney. And I'm Gabe. And we'll be taking you through real-time insights and analysis of grain marketing decisions. Ryan, our producer, shared with us an article he hadn't seen before about how you can use the way you incorporate your farm as a way to reduce stress. Ronnie, have you seen this before? Oh yeah, seen a lot of this. Is uh, Actually with you, man, when we were uh, the one cash grain contract that I ever had to do. Uh, so grain bins, putting up grain, grain bins. bins. Okay. Yeah, right. yep. So back in the day, in exchange for offering grain uh, to us, we were, uh, we were able to offset a significant portion of the cost of a grain bin for a farmer. So I did a number of these deals. The credit app itself, I remember, I, I'm just a dumb grain guy, so I wasn't that into credit <laughs> stuff. Uh, and sure didn't have any credit at the time. And uh, it, it relied heavily on these debt to asset ratios. I guess I would have thought that good farmers had a good debt to asset ratio and bad mm-hmm. farmers had a bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's when I learned that finance is not profit. Those are two completely different things, right? <laughs> that's right. And so, what, so anyway, what I was seeing was guys with high debt to asset ratios, which is mm-hmm. good, no, bad. A high debt to asset ratio would be bad. Well, let, so so let I mean let's let's talk about what that means, right? So a high debt to at, debt to asset ratio means the total of your debts. It it like one what you want is at a minimum your debts to be less than what your assets are worth, right? Equal mm-hmm. to or less. So so you know if so a common event is I go buy farmland, right? And I got to go put whatever 30% down on that. And if that's the only transaction I do on day zero, I have, uh, you know, I have an asset worth, whatever, let's say it's $100,000 worth of land. Uh, and I borrowed $70,000 to buy it. Right? Yeah. So, so, so that's okay. Right. It, it, and the lower my debt is relative to the value of that land, the more solid I'm seeing as a credit risk. So as I pay down that debt, right? And let's say just the land value stays at $100,000, I am less risky to lend money to when I only owe $50,000 against the 100,000. But in, you know, there's a lot of lower cost money available to purchase land. And if you, if farming's if you're doing well at farming, it, it there are it, you know, it plateaus at scale businesses, right? Like so adding uh, oftentimes adding another thousand acres may be better than adding uh, 900 or 1100 because it optimizes against your current equipment setup and staffing and all those types of things. But 
so the, well, I shouldn't say, but so there's an incentive if, if you're going to be farming for a while and you're running at scale to continue to grow your operation. But generally that's going to mean taking on more and more debt against your assets. So the reason why you see good farmers with a high debt to asset ratio is because they're, they're successful in farming. They've had enough cash to put down against additional land purchases and so are buying more land, but then they're accruing uh, more debt with that. So, and, yeah. and, and farming has cash flow off of it, right? In general, the cash flows are pretty good to help cover those debts. Uh, when you start to, boy, we're going deep, or at least <laughs> going deeper than expected. That's good. Right? Let's do it. So when we look at crop insurance, right? Crop insurance and, and its cost being subsidized significantly de-risks a farming operation, not just from paying off operating loans, but fundamentally, if you're a bank loaning money to a farmer to buy land, you want them to be in crop insurance because that way the cash flow keeps coming in to pay against uh, not only operating loans, but but also the, the cost of, of any debt uh, on the well, loan itself. Well, in that case right there, that crop insurance becomes an asset, right? I assume as soon as you sign that uh, insurance, you have an asset, which That's is right. that crop insurance guarantee, That's right? right. Mm -hmm. Which at some point is offset by yield. Right. right? Like and so, I, you, yeah. yeah, I don't I don't know if the lenders look at it that way, but I think that's a fully appropriate way to look at it in practice. So so the instance where I've seen this happen is, you know, a lot of these farmers like farming is their life. Right. Mm -hmm. So like there's no difference between the farm operation and the hog operation, you know, the row crop operation, the hog operation. Maybe the kid does some sort of, uh, you know, we're uh, um, uh, what, what was your mom? Um, landscaper landscape maybe they have a landscaping <laughs> business on the side right they're like they're yeah, just yeah. set up to do these multiple things mm -hmm. and what happened i remember um back at some point was the farmer started saying like hey man i have a lot of risk on the table right like i have a ton of cash out outlay in these things i would like to separate out some of these businesses to make sure that if something goes wrong in one area, right? If like, if my hog operation goes bad, I certainly don't want it to bring down my row crop and my landscaping right. and my personal operations. So what I've seen a bunch of guys do is set up these individual LLCs mm -hmm. that, uh, and in one case in particular, back to the grain bin uh, program uh, through our former employee, uh, that I brought, I filled out this debt to asset ratio and this LLC had no assets at all, it was 100% debt. debt. Like he had just structured mm -hmm. his debt into one LLC. So basically he had moved all the debt into the LLC and moved the ownership of the land somewhere else. Exactly, right. And it was a, it was a protection issue, right? Yeah. Uh, we did not get him a grain bin. Well, I, I will say most of the farmers that I've gotten to know closely, like they generally have pretty good relationships with their accountants, right? Mm -hmm. Not not just for that reason, but obviously farming can get incredibly complex around taxes. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I was talking to a guy one time and he said, you know, Gabe, sometimes I'm not sure if I should have gotten into farming. And then I looked at my tax bill this year and what my income was, and I felt pretty good about it. Like, nice. Yeah. You know, so I, so you know, like like anything else, it's a system. It's set up by uh, people. Should like you need to lean on those experts to to extract that. Uh, wait, 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 wait. He was <laughs> excited. 
that he didn't pay taxes. I don't know how much he paid, right? Yeah. But but his tax rate, I think, was pretty low. The rate versus yeah. what his actual income was, you know, for yeah. his household. Yeah, um, and and he's one of these guys that has you know a couple different things going on and whatever else. So that's Schedule F, man. Schedule F is the key <laughs> to a lot of things. It's like uh, it's like the holy grail, and, and and not for like I I joke about it, right? But it's it's because farming is a lifestyle, right? It's everything, mm-hmm. right? Like you go buy a four wheeler, right? That that four wheeler may be used for fun, but it is also used for work yeah. on the farm in a lot of cases, right? So yeah. running out, mending um, fence, chasing down cattle. Yeah. Yeah. All those hard things that we don't do on our farms, <laughs> but yeah. I, well, yeah, I don't do a lot of them out here in, uh, <laughs> You know, just outside of Boston. (laughs) Yeah. More like spraying. More like spraying. A little spraying fence rows or something like that. But yeah, it gets used. Uh, Uh, So deductible for sure. Right. I Uh, remember. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I I remember the first time I saw cattle get out of a fence. Like they broke it down. And like, and I I was at the shop and all of a sudden, like I saw two hands just sprint to four wheelers because the cattle were just going. (laughs) And yeah. like, what the, what is going on? It, you know, it, uh, yeah, apparently it wasn't the first time. Uh, um, no. <laughs> no, we had, we used to, we had pasture at our house and we used to keep cattle for other people. Mm. And apparently part of that, whatever money changed hands, which I assume was a small amount also meant we had to chase down the cattle when they got out. And that was, yeah. I remember doing that. Yeah, that was fun. That always sense. five in the morning. Always cool. <laughs> Fact. Farm facts. Thanks for listening to the Grain Waves podcast. Every week we analyze the markets to bring insight to challenging decisions you make every day. Sometimes we could all use more support. If you feel overly affected by stress, know that you're not alone. Visit our show notes to find resources that may be helpful for you. The material contained in this presentation is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be construed as any trading advice or market outlook. There are risks associated with participating in any trade or transaction in financial instruments, and each party should independently consider such risks and perform their own due diligence prior to the execution of any trade or transaction. Indigo makes no representations or warranties as to the accuracy of any information or opinions contained here.